Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. Experience. This is it. <laughs> day 31. Experience. This has been a crazy experience. I've only actually managed to finish two other month-long things. One was FebFast, um, it's a whole February of no alcohol, and one NaNoWriMo, which is a month-long writing challenge to come out with 30,000 words at the end of 30 days of November. I wrote about losing my mother. I called it With or Without You. It's about 45,000 words long, and it was therapy more than it was great writing, <laughs> but it was good for me. I started another a couple of years ago but I didn't have the time and I gave up and I still have that novel half written but this this was different this was a labor born of nothing but love for this hobby and a desire to contribute something positive back to something that has given me so much I hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I've enjoyed making it um, I think I'll do a proper after episode maybe next week after having a wee break from recording at crazy hours to try and get these things done I didn't do any of these pre-recorded. Right now it is like almost midnight on the 31st and I'm just trying to get this out before the deadline. No editing, just done. Um, I'm already feeling a huge sense of achievement and gratitude for everybody who has listened and shared it and motivated me to keep going. So thank you. This last episode of Kyra's Adventure, this is for you. They dashed through winding corridors and upstairs and through swinging walls, following the glowing spark as it wound down the red line. They had tried in vain to stomp on it like you would a firelit wick, but it just kept moving. Their only shot was getting in front of it. She had to try. They screamed at people to get out of the castle, but people seemed to be frozen in shock as they ran past, and so far no one had even tried to stop them. Bizarre in a castle that should have been full of defenders, that they were running rampant through like crazed animals. They burst through another section of swinging wall and again pushed aside a hanging tapestry to reveal a grand space before them. Kara suddenly recognised this room and could see the red line winding down the long length of red carpet to somewhere behind the gilded throne that stood at the end. There was a table off to the side and she could see men standing around it, looking at wooden figures placed on a map. They stood with the practiced ease of men swinging into action, no frozen shock on these faces. These warriors were ready to defend the king, who sat at the head of the table. Beside him sat a slim female that Kyra instantly recognised from the birth announcements that had been posted everywhere with pictures of the happy family, and she was indeed holding that bundle of joy on her lap. Kyra never broke stride, chasing the line. Looking back, she could see that the spark hadn't crested the stairs through the tapestry yet, but she knew she only had moments. Rusty broke through the gap behind her, screaming, Kyra, it's coming! and she ran right past the soldiers with her swords drawn to the throne. And there behind it was a pile of furs, probably used when the room was cold. She ripped them to the side, hearing the metallic stomp of the soldiers rushing towards her, and then stood back to point at the barrel she had just revealed. It's firepower and magic! She screamed at them, trying to make them understand. She's going to roll a persuasion, but she is shit at that with a negative one. 
But you know what? I'm going to give her an advantage because they can see the barrel. Screw it. The last episode. She gets some advantage. Okay, sweet. So she gets a 16 on the dice, so 15. Cool. The soldiers stop in their killing dash and look to the king who is now standing at the table, his hand on the queen's shoulder as she holds her baby tightly in their arms. Save the king! One of them cries and starts stomping back towards the table. Kyra looks to the line and sees it making its way up the red carpet in a poor parody of a procession. It would be a funeral in here that it would be if she didn't do something. She pulled her staff out and grasped it tightly, crying out to Rusty one last goodbye. And as she felt a tear drop down her cheek, she used it to cast a torrent of water from the staff, building it into a large ball big enough to sweep and indeed did Rusty into it, still growing, cutting off Rusty's anguished cries to Kyra, screaming out, No! as he was swallow- as she was swallowed, sweeping past the warriors to smack full paws into the king and his family. She felt them trying to fight the water, and she worried for the child. She wished she could have warned them to hold their breath, but she hadn't enough time. Never, never enough time. She saw the glowing spark race the last few inches to the barrel that stood next to her, and she knew she had regrets. But she hoped she had done enough to be allowed to rest in the next life. She looked up to the sphere and saw Rusty punching and kicking at the sides of the sphere, but she was unable to break it. Kara laughed. She was sorry that they hadn't had more time. She thought they could have been friends. If time had been different. In another destiny. And as she felt the barrel explode next to her, she screamed her God's name and pushed with all her might to keep them safe. She felt the heat sear her skin. And she saw the green stone in the staff light brighter than it had ever done before. And then... There was nothing. Rusty had felt the water before she had understood. By the time she realised that Kyra was about to sacrifice herself, it was too late to stop her. Rusty screamed at Kyra, the water choking her, and she punched the sphere that held her. This wasn't fair. This was her fault. How dare she be saved? How dare Kyra do this? Rusty saw the barrel explode and felt the force of it on the water, but somehow the sphere held, despite the fact that Rusty couldn't even see Kyra any longer as the flames burned so black and began to suck everything into a hole in the centre. There was a pulse of green from inside the blackness and Rusty felt the the sphere swing once more as it blasted through the doors and the wall and moved its speed away from the throne room. Kyra! Rusty tried to scream again, crying tears that mixed with the water. The doors of the throne room slammed shut and the sphere of water burst, dropping her and the royal family sodden on the ground. She was coughing and choking and she could hear spluttering coming from beside her. She looked over as she climbed to her feet to see that the king and queen were moving and then heard the bundle cry out in anguish. Knowing that they were alive, she spared them not another thought as she ran to the doorway and flung open the doors. The room was still, no flames, only a giant hole where the dais that had held the throne had been. Rusty ran to the hole to look down and saw nothing but darkness. 
She tried to scream into the black, <laughs> still coughing from the water, but she heard nothing. She ran from the room to the corridor and she grabbed the king by the arm. I need to get down there. How? How? The king looked at this distraught, soaking wet gnome and said in a shaking voice, She, she saved us, but she was the destroyer. She, she saved us. Oh God, we got it so wrong. And he clutched at his family as the figures started to arrive on the scene. She let out a sound of frustration and ran, trying to remember how they had got there. In the darkness, there was nothing. She floated empty of thought and desire. Who am I? she wondered. She saw in her mind a wolf white with black flecks, stepping forward with purpose. Then a giant eagle with wings the size of a house flying fast across the blue sky. And then a sleek black panther jumping from rock to rock with an easy grace. And then a green-skinned elf who stepped out of the forest and into the light. Which of these was me? She marveled. They couldn't have all been her. Oh, was I a her? And then she saw a face. A young girl with flowing hair and pointy ears. She gave her a package. The girl was hugged by a couple who all smiled at her with such warmth that she swore the blackness around her felt lighter. There was an ancient face in robes who nodded at an acorn placed on an altar. And she felt a movement around her like the very fabric of reality moved. She remembered what this was called. Wind. She saw something growing from inside the tree bark as it peeled back to reveal a grotesque face, like an eyelid opening. The bark moved and grew and she looked about herself to see that she was standing in a forest. The seedlings had taken hold in the ground and were growing strong towards the sun. The face in the bark whispered to her, Good. You've done good. And she felt her heart began to beat within her chest. She saw another older face, this time a male with kind eyes, and he held out a staff with a green stone grabbed in the end of it. She reached out with arms she hadn't realised she had to take it. There was a smaller face with rosy cheeks that looked worried. But when it looked at her, the face smiled and said, Kyra. And she knew that had been her name. It felt given back to her like a gift as precious as the staff she held. She stood on the ground and felt the truth of it beneath her feet. She didn't know where she was, but she knew who she was, and maybe that was enough. There was a movement behind her, and she turned to see a black wolf with silver flecks crouched in the grass. It was whimpering, scared and alone. She crouched and held out her hand. It approached cautiously, sniffing the air around her. 
She waited patiently, with her hand outstretched, as it tenderly licked her fingertips and nudged its head under her hand. She ran her fingers through the luscious fur and said, Danfin. The wolf began to change and morph into an elven figure of a gorgeous man who was crying. I don't like being alone in the dark. She continued to stroke his hair. She stared into his beautiful purple eyes and said, It's okay. I will be your light. Kyra looked up to see the kind old man. M was his name. He was back. He had given her food and the staff. The memories came flooding back now. M, she said. Where are we? And he asked her, Where do you want to be? And she thought hard about that. She didn't have an answer. There's a jumble of images of forests and temples and, and people and memories flew through her mind. He nodded like he saw them all and understood. He smiled and said, Okay. And he began to fade from her sight. Wait, she called. I never got your whole name. She heard him reply as the darkness began to be pushed back by a great light. A person's last moment is an important thing. You can't choose how you're born, but you can choose how you die. I help make the moments count, Kyra. Now it's up to you to make your own. How cryptic, she thought. And he didn't even answer the question. And then Kyra was blinded, and she reached out for Danfern to hold him tight. Despite all the odds, they had found each other. And maybe this time, in this time, they could be happy. As she felt the warmth of the light wash over them, she smiled. Thanks for joining me in this Jules from NZ RPG A Day Takeover Special. I hope you're enjoying our improvised D&D 5e story. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks to my gems, KP, Bobby, Shell, Scott, Glenn, James, and Jason. And a big thanks to everyone listening. I don't know if it was Aotearoa New Zealand or roleplay games that brought you here, but I'm super glad that you've stopped by. We'll be back to New Zealand episodes in September because August is for RPG. Enohora, kakite anō. Goodbye, and see you again soon. Mwah!